This is Thoughts and Players. Hello and welcome to level 46 of the Thoughts and Players podcast, the gaming podcast with both takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy, here once again with my two compadres. Of course, I have David. What up? And I have Corey. A is for Assassin's Creed. Uh quit doing the game quotes so i'm gonna go through the abcs and just highlight a franchise for each letter guys and uh assassin creed gets it today um quick thoughts on it real quick i think it's kind of hated right now but an important franchise overall in the history of gaming yay nay um important mm-hmm. uh, I, I, at, I, at one point a a great franchise early on i say nay to all of it um okay i say, I say nay to I'll assassin's say. creed i say to this alphabet thing, uh, say nay to all of it. I would say that you said it once a great franchise. I would argue that it's always been good to very good. Never quite great, though. Never quite great. Even like the latest ones that have been nominated for like Game of the Years, like Odyssey, not quite there yet. You know, I would I would not not quite there, but they're they're getting there. They were getting okay. good, and then they got really bad, and now they're getting really good. I think like the latest of Odyssey and Valhalla are like really good. So, and I think it was a very smart decision for them to skip every year and become Call of Duty or Madden or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. All right. So yeah, you got twenty six weeks of this. Enjoy. Uh, just uh, looking forward it. to it so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, we want to thank everyone for joining us. Welcoming. Welcoming you guys in on level 20, 20, not level 20, Jesus. That was a long time ago. Level 46 of Thoughts and Players. Um, yeah, but uh, that's pretty much it. How have you guys been doing? We, It feels, I mean, we're talking all the time, but it seems like this past couple of weeks, you know, a little bit more disjointed. So, yeah. 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 You guys have any interesting, like, things going on in the world of of just your worlds or playing games like what's going on uh well season 12 of uh apex started so i've been playing that a lot of course so Wait, season fun. season, season 12. 12 i thought it was season three no what was season three well wow, that that was like you was year three it's been yeah. out for year three years. year three yeah. season 12 okay i'm like wow yes. it went really quick from three to 12 okay <laughs> uh Anything so, notable change-wise? Like, oh, yeah, new character, Mad Maggie. She's running ramp- rampant everywhere, of course. That's what happens with every new character. Um, Olympus is back. That's my favorite map, so that's awesome. They made changes per usual. So I'm excited for that. And I've been playing a bit of uh, Pokemon Arceus. So that's really fun, too. Yeah, cool, man. I've been uh, I've been playing this word game that's I, I think it's like sweeping the nation. It is. I know Wordle. you guys have yes, Wordle. I've been yeah. playing Wordle, yeah. and it's been such a joy. I mean, there's been stories on it. You know, what's the best word to do for Wordle? And the yeah. guy just sold it for the new to the New York Times for like seven figures, I guess. But uh, man, it's so much fun. It's one of those games where there's let me explain the game. There's you have to guess a word, a five letter word, and when you guess it, it'll tell you if the letter is in the word or if it's in the right spot. 
And then from that clue, you've got to guess another word and you're trying to just switch up as many letters as you can to get all the letters and figure out the word. And I think if it was an app, like maybe Candy Crush, where you could just play continuously, it would have never been a thing at all. But you get one word a day, yep. one time to play it in 24 hours, and yep. every single person in the world gets the exact same word. So I'm not going to compare it. I guess I am by saying this, but it almost feels like a Pokemon Go type thing where there's a big community of people. You know, hey, did you do Wordle today? What did you get it in? You know, uh, you know how hard was it? Stuff like that. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. Every morning I send the uh, little share button that shows how I did to my wife, my mom, my sister. So I enjoy doing it every day before I walk into work. Is yep. there like a, a leaderboard? No, no leaderboard. No. It's just uh, uh they they don't have a leaderboard but they do tell you how many times you've played wordle and yeah. how many uh how many times you've passed it and obviously how many times you failed and what streak you're on so it's a little bit of like uh you want to keep that streak alive you really want to do that because you know when you share it with people they can kind of see that so um i did fail like three days ago which was very there's nothing like failing before work it, it ruins your day i felt like <laughs> i felt miserable that whole day uh i've done it three or four times i haven't failed any yet but i do like right before bed so if i remember i'll try it but i mean yeah it is it's very it's intriguing yeah not bad at all very bad at all um i'm jeremy on this document it says you're playing madden 21 i've been playing some madden you know had a lot of work going on a lot of uh I want to I want to say like stressors of which, and so I can't really go in and and play. I mean, I have played some games that uh, uh, test the metal of the mind, but every once in a while you need a game that is just really stupid, and you can just go into it and play it mindlessly for maybe an hour or so, and you know just let your brain kind of go on sleep or hibernation. So that's what Madden does. Because it takes no critical thinking to, to play that game at all. Less than previous games. You have to have less football acumen to play the Madden games now than you used to. So That's disappointing. But good for what you're using it for, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, any other, mostly any, every other game I have, I respect immensely more. So I want to <laughs> be able to give it the rightful Your amount full of attention, attention. Yes. And that it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly I mean, said. I, another game that's like that um, that I love that you know uh, David has claimed to love in the past but doesn't really is Dynasty Warriors, and so oh. they um, they I do yeah. I love Dynasty Warriors. You love 4. Dynasty Warriors four. That's okay? it. You love a game. Yes. I love the entire franchise. It's a great introduction to the to the romance no. of China and that whole thing. But they recently, you know, they had Dynasty Warriors nine that came out. They recently right. did the demo. For Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. And I love the Empires one because that invokes strategy. So I was able to play the demo of that on the Xbox. Um, and and I hated it. So I no. don't know. I don't know <laughs> no. where to go. Yeah. I don't uh, know where to go. So just to clarify, Dynasty Warriors 9 is, you know, obviously like uh thousands of enemies, you know, hundreds of motion. enemies. Yeah. And and the Empires, you said it adds strategy. What does that mean? So that means that you can create your character, your character can become an military official for like you know one of the three kingdoms or you can be your own kind of like your own vagabond leader and like build up your army and build up your empire and invade in uh different 
areas and different factions and kind of like build your own country, right? Recruit your own generals and build your army and your resources and your supplies. So it adds that whole other element to it, which has always been great. Uh, I started, I don't know when, but whenever they started making the Empire's versions of the Dynasty Warrior games, those are the ones I've been preferring to buy because I like that aspect of it. Same with Samurai Warriors. It's just they have a, a same thing that does the same thing. You can be the Dymo. And so I've always enjoyed that part of it because I like the strategy part of all that stuff, gotcha. not just the Mushu. So. But uh, I, had, I had no fun. I didn't know how to win the game or why I was losing it. I played the I played the demo and I lost the demo, so I was distraught because those are the easiest <laughs> games ever made, and I don't know how I lost in the demo. Uh, so, um, yeah, I didn't like it. Stop playing it. I might try to give it a go again just so I can win something because I'm not going to be zero and one to Dynasty Warriors. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then. You know, all that other, besides that other stuff, I think the game I've probably been given the most attention to is Pokemon, which, you know. We will all talk about later. We will all talk about later, but uh, that, that's mostly been it. So, Mindless Game, Mindless Game, and then Pokemon. So, that's that's been the wrap for me so far. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, so we get into some news. We should get into some morning announcements, I think, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a bunch of stuff that's been happening in the gaming industry since our last uh, level, so let's let's talk about them. We've got a few items on the board. We'll go through some quick. Uh, the first one is that EA has announced three new Star Wars games. Um, so FPS, strategy game, the Jedi Fallen Order sequel, which is being developed by Respawn. We did the first one. Um, I love Star Wars. I love it. It's one of my favorite movie franchises. I've had enough. Really? Um, I've had enough. Um, <laughs> I, I've had enough. First, let, me, let, me, let me get your guys' opinions on this. I mean, have you had enough of good games, though? Like, just because it's Star Wars over the title, like, it's not like they're regurgitating just, like, episode eight or nine. Like, you don't have to play through those stories. Like, Star Wars is such a big universe that right. even though it says Star Wars on there, doesn't mean that, like, ah, oh, man, I really hate, you know, fighting. But they but they are. They all really? have, like, a very similar tone to them. Now, like, here's, here's the thing. We already have the Knights of the Old Republic remake that's being done. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm looking forward to that because I love that game. And so I'm willing to see the remake of it. Right. Jedi Fallen Order. I, I played the first one a good bit. It's a good game. It didn't grab me. Um, me the The strategy, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with that. There's like a ton of Star Wars RTSs that were made in the past that no one really talks about or plays really. And they're halfway decent, but nobody really cares. And they have this FPS, which, okay. I mean, we've had Battlefront, right? Like, right. Is it a single player battlefront? What, what I mean, you know, what's what's it going to look like? Here's here's what I'll be interested in this FPS, and unfortunately, EA is developing it. But if they said, "Hey guys, we're going to do, uh, we're going to give the EA uh, uh, or the the Star Wars license to three four three, and three four three is going to make a Halo Infinite version of Star Wars," here's eighty dollars. I don't care. That's great, <laughs> but I, I highly doubt that's going to be what happens. It's going to be if it's an FPS studio like with Dice. I don't know. Dice has lost all like Dice, legitimacy Dice is, and faith. They've said they're not making it. 
Well, good. They shouldn't make anything <laughs> ever again. Now. I um I think you should look at this as a positive thing because I believe the last two Star Wars games have been good. You're talking about Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order, Order and, Squadron. and Squadron. Both were good. So it looks like well, the arrow is pointing up because they had the two Battlefront games and both those were. Uh, not quite well received. So these last two games definitely better received. Arrows pointing up. Maybe they can get even better. Okay. Hopefully. I, I, I had enough Star Wars when there was just three movies. So jeez. I feel you, man. And I tell you what, the, pre- the prequels they get a bad rap. They're not that bad. They're they're all right. But um, enough enough of these games. You know, it's bordering on the on the superhero thing for me. It's like it's bordering on it. So like I but I actually love Star Wars. So like the please don't do that. <laughs> uh, news item number two: Valve will start selling the Steam Deck on February twenty fifth. We're recording this February tenth. That means in two weeks the Steam Deck is coming, and I know that because I just did math real quick. <laughs> Guys, we've talked about the Steam Deck, how we love it. Corey, you've talked about how the Steam Deck will probably get you to play more PC Steam games because it's you're interacting in more of a console form with those. Yes, games. yes. So I'm interested. They've had pre-orders available for a while. If either of you guys pre-ordered it, I forgot. I didn't pre-order. I'm just going to wait until it goes on like regular sale. I know like the 25th is going to be for uh, whatever that word you just said is. Yeah. Pre-order? Pre-order. Like the first just batch. Like pre-orders and stuff. Yeah, yeah first batch is for pre-orders. So we'll see what, you know, bugs need to be shaken out. I'll probably wait till like second gen. It's a, you know, Steam Deck Slim or something. But. Yeah, I actually, uh, I did pre-order it. Uh, all you had to do was throw $5 down on it. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I was in the second wave. So originally I was supposed to get mine in January. It was originally supposed to come out in December. So I'm assuming I'm going to possibly get mine March or April. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty excited for it. I know uh, I've watched a few videos, Linus Tech Tips. Uh, he got an early, uh, he got the Steam Deck early and he was mm-hmm. going through all the motions with it. As an actual hardware, it seems very good. You know, he was very happy with the the comfort of it, battery life, screen, all that stuff. So uh, yeah. Steam or Valve did let him uh, talk about five games that were running on it. All five seemed anywhere from pretty good to like amazing how it ran on that console but they don't have the full breakdown of like obviously every game you know and we're never going to get every game it'll take a while before that happens but i'm excited for it as long as it checks out that hey nearly all these games run really well on it then yeah i'm definitely going to get it do you Um, know do you remember which which games some of those games were uh forza horizon 5 okay um which ran really well. It ran at, I, I think he said max settings at 30 frames per second. Okay. Um, something like Ghost Runner, Dead Cells. Um, those were the three I remember off the top of my head. So, yeah. but yeah, they all ran really well. And compared to other portable computers, I, I didn't know there was any other out there, but it's yeah. a lot cheaper and they run a lot better. So, yeah, I feel like those are going to be like the types of games people will play on them too. Like, yeah, I'm sure people will play Doom on it, something like that, but it feels right. like, I don't know. Like, for me, I'm thinking the first game in my mind that popped to when I play on it's going to be, like, Wildermyth or something. Like, yeah, I'm playing like, Valheim. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. I'm uh, I'm not buying it to play AAA titles. Um, mm. 
Like if it runs best on Steam Deck, I would consider it. But, you know, there's so many games on PC that uh, come out first on PC, come out years before console. And I'm interested. Right. I want to play them. And I just, you know, I have the opportunity, but I'm I'm lazy. I don't want to go in the office. So this right. would be a really good way to play those games, those indies that come out first, those early access games, some of the type of games that you just never get on console in terms of strategy or, you know, um, survival games, something mm -hmm. like um, uh, Sons of the Forest is coming out on PC only to start off. I I'm interested in that game. I want to play it and I will be able to play it with Steam Deck. Mountain Blade Bannerlord. Yes, I could play that. Um, I'm yeah. trying to think of that. Uh, Victorian London game that was also survival, uh, Nightingale. Okay, yeah, that looked excellent. So, um, and a personal favorite of mine, it's an indie Rogue Legacy too. It's on early access and it's been there for like a year and a half, and I really want to play it. There you go. Uh, yeah, was, what, what size did you pre-order? Yeah, I did the middle one. Okay. So it has the good hard drive in it, but it's not as big as the most expensive one. Right now, all did all of them have like expandable memory? I believe so. Just, yes. Or was it just the entry one? They all they all have expandable memory. Okay, cool. And uh, Linus even looked at that because they have what the SSD little micro SD, right? Yeah, the cards, and yeah, it really does not slow down the load times at all. A little bit, oh, but yeah. not significantly. So everything right, nothing, looks good. Nothing some Right. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was thinking about putting a pre-order in on it. I should probably do that. But for some reason, I had like a thing of the middle one's like I forgot what it was, but for some reason, I was concerned. Like I put five dollars in, and then all of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, we got it done early. We're going to hit you six hundred bucks right here." Like, Whoa! <laughs> right. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I still gotta do some convincing of my wife. You know, like hey, I need this six hundred dollar council that'll play indies for me. That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> indies yeah. and early access. Let right. me have it. Well, I mean, you can trade in the. You can always trade in the switch. I honestly, I feel like if I get the Steam Deck, I probably don't need an Xbox in the least bit. Mm, right? Like every Xbox game comes. Like you don't PC. need a Series X. Right. Well, it's no. the, Xbox stuff comes to PC, but it's like do like the Xbox. But there's a different experience. But like, it is a different experience. Like I'm sure Starfield will not run. On the Steam well, Deck Starfield's as well. Well, Starfield's not going to run well on anything, but. <laughs> but <laughs> Great point. Know. Great point. No, uh, I, but like every Xbox game comes to PC. And as far as I know with the Steam Deck, the Steam Deck is just a portable computer. Yeah. It's not a Steam machine. I can download Epic Game Store. I can download Game Pass on Xbox, like the PC version. Yeah, I can, I can download emulators and ROMs. You can do. I think you can do like EA Origins and you like you can do whatever you would want that you could do on a regular computer. It's very it's not just Steam. It's not like you're turning it on and hey, Steam but pops up. This is the only thing you can activate. It is a computer, as far as I know. You know, there might once weird. it comes out and people check it, who knows? Steam where does the Steam Deck then if if it plays everything? I mean it's a portable computer, you know, and, and Steam knows they're the biggest for buying games on PC, so if you buy it, you're not going to be like, hey, I bought this and now I'm just exclusively buying from Epic Game Store. You know, you're going to buy on Steam. Right. Okay. Steam staying in the hardware game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring back the Steam link, please. Um, <laughs> news item number three. Crytek, they announced that they're making Crisis 4. So they're making another game where you won't be able to run out of anything. That's what <laughs> that, I feel like that's all they make those games for. 
this, hey, this is all graphically <laughs> intense and intelligent. Your computer can't run it. Run a brick an RTX 3090 like nothing. Uh, anybody, you guys have any no. interesting crisis? No. no. Yeah, figured so. <laughs> uh, news item number four Blizzard announces a survival game. Uh, do you guys know what this game is called? Does it have a name yet? I don't think it does. I don't think so. No. Well, um, good for them. Yeah, they're, it's under speculation that Microsoft made them announce it. Is the survival after they were claimed? Yeah, is the survival game surviving Blizzard? Because Possibly. yeah, Jeez. Uh, I'm I'm excited for this though because Blizzard, you know, forget the history of you know what they do with their employees. You know, uh, obviously that's hor- horrifying. But Blizzard as a game making company, they make games that that last for a long time. You're not getting a game that's like, man, six months later, there's not much to do. Like they put effort into their games. And if they're going to put a survival, a survival game out there, I think yeah. it'll be towards the top of all survival games in terms of quality. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And news at number five, there's going to be three more, at least three more call of duties that are going to be uh, on Sony multi-platform before they possibly go Xbox exclusive. Um, you know, we talked about this with the acquisition that, you know, there may be some things that go Xbox exclusive. They're saying, well, you're at least going to get some people. You're at least going to get three more mediocre shooters before it goes exclusively on Xbox. Um, so that's a good news, I guess. Right. This this story is a little outdated Yeah. because X, Microsoft just came out and said they're going to keep Activision and Blizzard multi-platform. Even even after the contracts run out, they will not yeah. make them exclusive, which I think okay. is a is a not great move. Possibly, I think it's a great move customer wise. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. customer wise. But like, man, like you would people would have to buy your console. There's so many Call of Duty players that yeah. just play that. But but like at the same time, if you are a Call of Duty player, it's going to be like buy them on PlayStation for seventy. Or get them on Game Pass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or your PlayStation, you resurrect the corpse of uh, Killzone. So calm. Or so calm. <laughs> or Resistance Fall of Man. They've got a few shooter IPs that they can resurrect. Maybe they can uh, have Bungie work on that. Oh, yeah. that's ah, a great segue into can, news ah. item number six. Which is Sony feeling that they're losing the arms race buys Bungie for three point six billion dollars. Um, I think we, I think our initial response to this, and probably our, our still response to this, is, eh. yeah. Oh no. <laughs> well, uh, like Xbox with Activision, Bungie or uh, Sony said Bungie will be free to do whatever they want. They can put games on whatever platforms they want. I, I don't know why they bought them. I think they want the infrastructure of a company that knows how to put an online game out as big as Destiny, and they're looking for that kind of like help. But yeah, you buy a company for three point six bill, it's like you gotta you gotta but, have like a reason, right? Bungie's made like two games in like ten years. Like there's no <laughs> yeah, way that's for the same IP. Yeah, right. Like and before that, it was just Halo. You know, it's right. it's crazy and. And like you consider the the companies being bought as like a bad thing, and I think I think a lot of people do. But as a company, why wouldn't you sell? Because companies are paying 
out the gourd for you right now. Three point six billion for Bungie. It's like well, that has the the reason the Bungie thing is a bit confusing is because Bungie wanted to go independent. So you say, right. hey, we don't want to be under Microsoft no more because we want to make our own IP. So then right. you create Destiny, the first Destiny, which had a little bit of legs, but then you know, towards the end, you have Destiny Two, which burned out even faster. But it's this live service game that you're able to, you know, kind of meal, you know, meal prep or chunk out content and then have this live service action coming. So then someone's like, okay, we'll give you a 3.6 bill, which crazy. Yeah. And like a lot of people were thinking, I was like theorizing, a lot of people thought this was a reaction to Xbox buying Activision Blizzard, but I think it was a reaction to the, the Cinemax. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because like obviously. Up. Obviously, yeah. an acquisition like this isn't like, hey, we want to buy you. And then the next day, it's like, hey, we yeah, bought it's you. It's not like, what? They spent – get Bungie no. on the phone. We want to buy them for $3.6 <laughs> Exactly. That's not how it works. Right? You know? But then maybe maybe it did. Because if I was – if I'm the owner <laughs> of Bungie and Sony calls and says, we want to buy you for $3.6 billion, I'd be like, yes. $3.6 We aren't worth – yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, news item number seven, the Switch, the Nintendo Switch, sells 103.54 million consoles, becoming Nintendo's best-selling console ever. You may say, wait, better than the Wii, the greatest console ever made? Yes, even better than the Wii. Gentlemen, we all have Switches. This is one shared console we all have. Right. Did uh, Two-part question. A, did you ever see this coming in the beginning? And B, does it make sense to you now? Yes. Yes to both. I'll tell you why. To both? Yes to both. I expected this eventually. And it, it, I don't know, I just saw it coming. Because they're not, a lot of people can't just buy every system that comes out, right? And a lot of people had to... Like, do I want to buy the Wii U or do I want to buy a 3DS? You know, a lot of people had to pick and choose. So yeah, maybe most people chose the Wii U, whatever. But, like, at this time, there's they're not fighting with each other. This is the gaming console at home and on the road. It's the all-in-one. So you're not saving for two different consoles or deciding which console you want to buy. This is it. So it, it was a smart move. They're not fighting with themselves. And they can just focus on the one platform and that's switch. I mean, that's a great point, David. I'm not going to hate you for that. Obviously, um, them getting rid of the handheld console was was great for them because they don't have game laws like they used to, where it's like, man, game hasn't come out for six months from Nintendo. Like, where are they at? You know, because it's been coming out on 3DS. Like, they have a game every couple months, and that's great to see. I did not expect this um when it was first announced you know because the wii u sold so poorly you know you expected to do better than that but yeah and what was your second question um does it make sense now having yeah hindsight yeah yeah for, for everything david just described it makes complete sense uh yeah and i think they said it's they're only about halfway through their life cycle i don't know if that's the complete honest truth but we could see this council being the best-selling council of all time. I think PS2 is at like 150, mm-hmm. and um, the Switch really never even had a price drop, has it? Uh, 
Maybe like, 50 bucks, maybe, I think. Maybe 20 at some point. I think I remember seeing it for like two I mean like or a, something. No, no, no. I'm talking about like a permanent. Like, like a permanent? No. A, like it's $300, and that's what it came out in. And the OLED is 350 and the Switch Lite is 200 Like it mm-hmm. hasn't had a price drop. If that Switch Lite hits 150 or like God forbid 100 bucks, like – that's people people gobble shelf. up. Yeah, it's flying off the shelf. It's gonna it's gonna soar past PlayStation Two. Well, it's it's already still hard to get a hold of. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little bit. That, yeah, and you know what? It, going back to like the Wii, I think what this is is and stay with me now. Mm. I think Nintendo is the family van of gaming consoles. Okay. Oh, for sure. In which in which like every I mean everyone kind of has a needs a family van to do stuff. Right. It's not the one that you thought really hard about. It's not the car you lusted after, right? It's right. not the it's not the Ferrari. It's not the Escalade or something like that, right? It's the family van. The yeah. family van has the thing it needs to do, and it does it. And that's Nintendo. Everyone needs a family van. So it's, that's that's what I great, that's what I think it is. Like honestly, yeah. Like everyone has you know that has family has the family van, and then they have. If they can afford it, there's their sidecar when they don't because, have to take the family somewhere. Exactly. Because from a hardware experience, the, the Switch doesn't com- compete no. with the Xbox replacement. Nintendo has never competed. It's never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't complete with doesn't compete with the PS4 or the Xbox One. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. In terms <laughs> of like, you know, graphics and stuff. So right. yeah. It really I mean, is about that mobility and the experiences that you can only get on Nintendo. And yeah. like David said, because there's no handheld, you're getting all those experiences, you know? Right. So, right. I mean, yeah, you want, them. you want a nice fast car? You want a PlayStation? Go get yourself a Ferrari. You want a nice luxury, you know, SUV? Go get yourself a Range Rover. But if you need something that's there to kind of function to help the, the family, you go get a town and country. I mean, you know? And, and, you, and you might get a couple of them. You might get a couple yeah. of them. You got yeah. a couple switches. You got your one that's docked. You got your one for the wife. You got your one for the kid. Like exactly. it's not like PlayStation where it's like, hey, we have one in the household. It's like, no, we carry multiple switches yeah. in this household. Your town and right. country can carry the kids, or it can lug some in. You know, it does what you need. <laughs> uh, news item number eight. It was announced by Rockstar. GTA Six is in development. Never would have thunk it. They've only been having wow. GTA Five out for forty-five years. <laughs> Guys, any uh, impressions of this? I, nah, it's it's good to hear. I uh, guess it's about time. Yeah. Uh, location? Where? What? What location? You want Miami, no, no, Jeremy? Yeah. I, I well, I know, I know. We don't know which one do you want. Which one do I want? I want. Um, I want something like London or. Like I was gonna Cape say Town, like someplace like that. That's cool. Like a metropolis, but like, you know, that's different. David, do you got a preferred location? Honestly, I was going to say Detroit, but I don't know how big that actually is to put it in a game that big. Well, you know what? They they said they wanted a more grounded area, right? Detroit is a more grounded city to put some place something. That's right. Know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps, perhaps, but is in development. Good on you, That'd Rockstar. That'd be like, cool, you know, go to my house or something. Hey, look. <laughs> there you go. Shoot up my own house. <laughs> there you go. News item number nine. Google has been said to be deprioritizing Google Stadia. 
Now, you guys may remember Corey and I sung the praises of Google Stadia, ironically, as to say we didn't really <laughs> sing that much of the praises. Um, and we're supposed to be giving away some, which we will, because they will become collector's items of relics yes. of gaming pass. Okay. Guys, we knew this was going to happen. What's your thoughts? That's expected. I mean, we bought the whole kit for $20. It was like a $70 controller. They were just trying to get rid of as much inventory as possible. We, yeah. we did not buy it expecting, you know, a long shelf life. So I got to experience what it was all about. I think the technology is kind of cool at its core. Uh, Google's not the right company to uh, stick with it for years. You know, it's not. It's so. not. Google Stadia going the way of on live. I never thought I would say that, but it did. <laughs> and then uh, news item number 10. Nintendo <sighs> had their Nintendo Direct. Yes. Now, of course, we have our um, resident Nintendo foreign correspondent, Corey, to yes. give us some news. Woo-hoo! So what was, uh, what was uh, shown at Nintendo Direct? Uh, 40 minutes of games. There was a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff, a lot of ports, a uh, remaster of Chrono Cross, one of the best, you know, RPGs back in the day. Um, yeah. Four big ones that I think is Xenoblade Chronicles 3 ended the show. Um, cool. I'm not a fan of the series, but I know there's a lot of people that are. Yeah. Um, Switch Sports, a Wii Sports sequel with oh, three yeah. more games, Bagmitten, Volleyball, and I forget the third game. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, Mario cool. Strikers is getting a sequel. It was the okay. soccer game that was back on the uh, Wii, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a really fun game, so I'm probably going to pick that one up. Yeah. And then uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting DLC instead of a Mario Kart 9. But right. uh, I think this is almost kind of a win for Mario Kart 8. They're doing 48 courses, mm-hmm. which is, I think, honestly, bigger than most of the Mario Kart games that come out. Yeah. Like, honestly. So 48 yeah. courses for $25. Seems like kind of a good deal. Now, they're all going to be old courses, but, you know, fine. More Mario Kart. That's always cool. And okay. I think that kind of uh, makes it seem like Mario Kart 9 won't come out till the Switch 2 or Switch sequel. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty good direct. Uh, one notable thing missing, Breath of the Wild sequel. <laughs> it felt like a time to give it a name and a release date, but I mm-hmm. guess maybe they're saving that for E3. Possibly. I'll tell you what, Switch Sports better have a even more badass version of the Wii Sports theme music. Because it's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a banger. It's such a banger. <laughs> such a banger. Um, yeah, that's morning announcements. A lot of news items, a lot of stuff going on in the world of gaming, which is about time. This yes. has been kind of skimpy. Except, you know, but Xbox dropped a nuke, and that seems to be getting things going again, so. Yes. Um, We're going to move on to the roundtable where we have a singular topic of discussion that we discuss. And uh, for our topic this level, we're talking games, innovative games, games that came out before their time. There's some of them out there. There's a lot of games that came out after their time. There's a lot of games that should have never came out. Battlefield 2042, I'm looking at you. But uh, but uh, we're going to talk about some of these games. So I'm going to volunteer. This is originally, I believe, 
David, your idea. Yes. If you want to go ahead and head us off, what's the first game you have that was before its time? All right. So I know this one did do it did do well when it came out, but I feel yeah. like it will do way better now. And I'm getting this one out of the way, so I'm done being a broken record. But like, Twisted Metal, okay? Yeah. Sure. It had it had six games, I think. Mm-hmm. Which I might be pushing the limits here, but I've said it before. I say it again. The Twisted Metal now, if they do it right, it would be an amazing game. They could do it like they do with Fortnite and Apex and, you know, they'll do seasons and like make new characters and could be story modes again. I just, I just loved playing the characters and watching their story. And, you know, this is the original battle Royale, like for real. You're a per- you're, you were, you're a car instead of a person running around killing everybody else on the map. That, yeah, Twisted Metal. Like I, I so desperately want this to come out again it i think it would do amazing no nah, it's a it's a perfect pick for this topic it, it's it's yeah. perfect yeah Corey, did you have your games uh yeah 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 so first one is a game that i adore i love this franchise it is the beautiful joe franchise i okay. don't know if you guys have played beautiful joe at all i haven't but heard of it a though. 2d beat-em-up with a cell shaded type of aesthetic and it's kind of based around movies and superheroes. Beautiful Joe. Joe, the main character, gets sucked into a movie, goes through different movies. He's a superhero called Beautiful Joe. Now, um, I think it did okay. It got a sequel, then it got like a spin-off game. You know, it was fine, but I feel like it would really shine today. You know, the graphics would look amazing because cell shading looks so good right now. Um, the 2D brawler aspect, I feel like um, it made it a great game, but it probably held it back from getting that like top tier fan base back in the day. And I think that's not as much of a problem now. You know, people really um, appreciate those types of games. Superheroes are bigger than ever. So you get a game that's superhero adjacent like that. You'd get a lot of fans. And I think obviously back in the day, there wasn't as much um, Internet coverage, magazine coverage, stuff like that. So a game like this might have been overlooked a little bit by the populace. Um, today, with word of mouth and just things being on the internet and Twitter and all that, TikTok, you would really see how good of a game this was. And I think it would have it would have did gangbusters. It would have been amazing in terms of sales and how it was received. So, Beautiful Joe, a little bit of ahead of ahead of its time. Yeah, it's a great pick. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the first game I want to mention is probably the biggest of the three I have, but the first one is going to be the original Shinmu. Um, mm. It was so ahead of his time in regards to how a told story, interaction with the world, how you went through the story and the agency the game gave you as the main character, as the main protagonist, right? Like all these different things that games try to do now, this game was doing before, right? It was at one point the most expensive game ever made. That's since been dwarfed by a lot of games, but there was a lot of forward thinking ideas that I feel like if it had a chance to be conceptualized in today's atmosphere of of innovation from both game design aspects and technology aspects, I think the game would be an absolute behemoth if released today. And uh, so that's my first game is Shamu, man. I think it was ahead of its time. A hundred percent. Yeah. David. Yeah. Game number two for you. What's ahead of its time? Okay. 
So I I have two other ones. I I am blanking out, but I wrote them down. Okay. Cool. Cool. My next one is Road Rage. Mm. Okay. Now, you know, Mario Kart is a big thing. You know, Road Rage is Mario Kart for adults, I guess, technically. But, you, you know, there's not throwing items, but you beat the crap out of people as you're driving by them. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what's more fun than that? And, and I just think, you know, the better graphics now uh, probably could do way more with the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I feel like Road Rage would be a great game to have come out. I feel like that'd be a good IP for like a smaller studio to grab and do like a remake of and release and then just have like iterative updates and new content that they bring to the game, like make it a bit more of a live service, but not 100 percent, you know, like a live service game. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. It is the adult, more extreme alternative to a Mario Kart. Yeah, you have these rugged people on motorcycles yeah. beating each other with chains. And, yeah. You know, you can get ran over by the cars and stuff. Exactly. There's some so catharsis there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. That's my number two. Corey, what's your number two? Yeah, my number two, uh, I don't necessarily think at the time it was ahead of its time, but I would have maybe liked for this game to come out now for the first time ever instead of when it did. And that would be the Ghost and Goblins franchise. So don't know if you guys have played Ghost and Goblins, but uh, it's a notoriously very difficult game. Extremely difficult. But it's got a lot going for it in terms of level design, um, the monsters that it had, the creatures, the enemy variety, and even the main character, um, Arthur, who, you know, Mm -hmm. would wear armor and then we'd get knocked off. He'd be in his underwear. (laughs) And there were so many different power-ups you could pick and different weapons you could use. Um, and it did just get like a little bit of a remake uh, that just came out, but I would have loved for its first time to come out after the Soul series series was already made, because I feel like this mm-hmm. would have been a, an amazing Souls like game, you know, because they go with the difficulty, and that's what all Souls games are about. So you have like yeah. this cartoony type of Souls games. It doesn't take itself so seriously, but you still have the world design, you still have the creature design, and you still have the idea of using different weapons and picking up power-ups and having that armor. I feel like it would have did so well like that. And it feels like it's probably stuck in like forever being a 2D type game, which is which is kind of a shame. But, you know, I know there's fans for it, but I would have loved to see it come out today yeah. for the first time. Yeah, you would have had that fervor of like a Souls fan base that like... I, yes. That... that just worships difficulty that would have even brought it up even more. And like I said, it would have been so much different because every souls game seems so serious, you know, it's, this is difficult and it doesn't have a difficult game. That's also has, has charm. And you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it it could have been, could have been great. (laughs) Yeah. Take a souls, take souls and take psychonauts and put them together. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, My second game is going to be a game that I know I've mentioned both of them will be my second and third, but this one um, ahead of its time, man, and needed some help. And that is Alpha Protocol. You know, um, talked okay. about Alpha Protocol before. It's an, it's another thing where we're talking about like story elements, but this one having that addition of choice with your with your character and how your character is affecting how the game is going, how missions turn out. You know who befriends you who betrays you all based on these different decisions you're making 
you know, in the decision box area, I guess if you want to call it that, as well as whatever choices you make playing the game during the level. You know, like all of that affects, you know, how your character is seen in the world, seen by other people, the different, the, the way that missions are kind of like, you know, directed or presented to them is all based on that. Right. And so I feel like at the time that was developed by Obsidian, who's, you know, since done like, you know, Fallout New Vegas and uh, uh, other, well, not other worlds, but um, um, yeah, other worlds, I think. Uh, so like, yeah, they, they have the, the formula for RPGs there. I think just their application of it there, they just didn't know how to navigate it. The game flipped between serious tone and kind of like sarcastic, ironic tone. I think in today's world, having a better idea of game design for RPGs like that, a better impact, understanding how to map decisions better. You think of all the games that have come out since then with the mass effects and all these other things that are based upon choice, having right. that mechanic play into it, having morality play into it, and then just, you know, better mechanics being developed you know from today's hardware different stuff like that alpha protocol i think it was definitely ahead of its time and it would benefit greatly from being developed and released today yeah well well said well said yeah thank you okay i had a third game but i just had an, <laughs> i just had an epiphany really and yeah and i'm looking it up right now so it's gonna just be a minute do, but do you need a second it, you need me to no no, no. No, it's okay. fine. Um, it was a Nintendo game, and it was based... It was Mickey Mouse. Okay, there it is. Adventures in the Magic Kingdom. Okay. okay. So, on the original Nintendo, it it was like Mickey, Goofy, Donald. Mickey was like the the king of the adventure park. But uh, I think it was Pete stole the keys or something. So, you had to go to these little sections in the adventure park... And beat this section and get the key back. Like one of them was uh, racing. One of them was like a space adventure. One of them was like a Wild West train ride. One of them was like ghouls and ghosts inside like a a mansion. So like flying chairs and dancing ghosts. And I really think if they redid this game on like VR, mm. I think it would just be amazing. Because everything was like... So, so some of it was side scrolling, but some of it was like in your face, like the uh, this the spaceship one to just be a bunch of random stars coming at you and stuff. Yeah, I'm looking I, up I, images, I've, never seen the game, but it, look, it looks pretty looks pretty good, especially <laughs> for a NES game, man. Yeah, I I loved this game when I had a Nintendo, and it was I think it was six different areas with the six different little mini games, basically, and. I honestly think this would be an amazing VR game. Yeah. That's, that's because it's it's not a lot. It's just right. simple stuff. Yeah. But decent. But graphics, like the di- the diversity of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about how like big the mouse is now. I mean, yeah. you know, it'd yep. be yeah. Because it'd be amazing just to walk around the adventure park, getting to the little mini games. Mm-hmm. And just seeing everything, and you know, you know, beautiful sky, beautiful landscaping, and now, now I'm upset. I've upset myself. Now you've upset yourself. Now I've upset myself. Because <laughs> yeah. now I want this really bad. Well, maybe. I mean, That's... here's the thing: the mouse has so much money; it's printing money now. So it may happen eventually. You know what you true. do? You, you pin a letter and you, and you send it to the you mouse. Pen a letter. 
Yeah. I'm going to write a letter to, to Disney. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. I got it. Uh, All right, Corey, what's your game number three? All right, so my number three was ahead of its time, and I think that was for the best. I think if it came out today, um, well, let me just tell you the game. NFL Street or NBA Ooh. Street or Ooh. FIFA Street. Oh, my God. Um, and I'm glad it was ahead of its time because I feel like – and NFL Street, for anyone that doesn't know, they were arcadey versions of sports games. Usually it would be – you know, I think basketball is maybe three-on-three. Three. The NFL was like seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, lots of fun, you know. Uh, running on games. walls and you know extreme tackles and stuff like that. Thank God it hasn't come out today, because you absolutely know that would be a free to play game. It would be free to play with rosters that you have to pay for individually, microtransactions, cards, all the stuff that Madden and NBA does horribly would be put into this game as a free to play. Hey, the only way to really get the full extent of this game is to keep sinking money into it. Well, I mean, if they did do that, right? Isn't it Playgrounds? Oh, that game's trash, I think. I haven't played it much, but yeah, it yeah. feels like a much worse version of what NBA Street was cause, yeah. and NFL Street. Because those games, they had they had a little bit of a, a career mode, like a story mode, especially mm-hmm. NBA yep. Street, where yep. you make your player and you're going through, and as you beat these playgrounds, you're you're unlocking, you know, uh, Yao Ming, I think, was one of the characters, or like a Dr. J lookalike, and that was so much fun to go through those career modes. That would have been absolutely destroyed in, today, yeah. in today's game. It would have been simply a, hey, you can play this, uh, a three-on-three basketball, or like I said, seven-on-seven football. But to get, you know, to get uh, Patrick Mahomes, you have to unlock his card. And the only way to unlock his card is by sinking money and hoping you get him in one of your packs. And that would 100% been what it was today. So oh, I'm glad this game came out when point. it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are amazing games. Yeah, that's true. I single-handedly know that uh, know the song Reminisce because of NBA Street. <laughs> Great games. <laughs> yeah. Great yeah. games. Yeah, it takes me back. It um, does. The last game that I have is a game that I played, beat recently, talked about on the podcast. Absolutely love it. A game ahead of its time, exceptional. That is Spec Ops The Line. Mm. I think that Spec Ops The Line was ahead of its time based upon the fact that the game could be made so much better now. It, the way it utilizes environment in different levels, the sand and different stuff like that. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but compared to when it, come, it came out to now, what developers can do with particle effects in the environments like that is completely different. Right. Um, I think the tone of the game, the, t- the game it's already has that kind of like psychological element to it. I think it could have did it and been a bit more daring and uh, 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 now, and also maybe partially a, a slightly even darker tone than what it has. Um, you know, back then they were kind of replicating the whole Gears of War, you know, pop and shoot type of thing. I think games to find a way to innovate on those types of things. And if it came out now, I think it could further benefit from those innovations that were made in that kind of play style. Um, but I still, but the, the story is timeless. So. You know, that that main element there would work, just updating it in some respects, giving a different kind of take on um, on things that are influenced by what the past has been, both from a game development perspective and from a, you know, global political like standpoint, like the way that informs different things they could do with the game as far as storytelling, how they build characters, the different types of um, little, you know, Easter eggs they put in there. 
I think it would benefit greatly from being from being made and coming out now. So I hope for a Spec Ops Line remake. You know, my fear is that they may go the pretentious route, which I don't want. But um, I think it would it would benefit greatly from being from coming out now. It's a, it's a great game in its own right, though. So yeah, that's my game number three. Nice. Yeah, good pick. Good pick. Game that was ahead of its time. Yeah. So uh, that's it for Roundtable. We are going to yeah. take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be back with a Was It Worth It? You've Got to Catch. This level of the Thoughts and Players podcast was made possible by your support. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to like, rate, and share the show, as well as contribute to our community questions and segments. Doing so helps the show grow, keeps our content engaging, and most importantly, makes sure your voice is heard. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. And we are back with more thoughts and players, and we are moving on to our favorite segment. And your favorite segment, Was It Worth It? And for this level's Was It Worth It? We have the newest entry into the storied franchise of Pokemon with... Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now, to give a brief overview of what this game is about, um, you're out there catching Pokemon, which is what it's been for like the past 20 years. Slight differences in the story. We'll get into that. Don't (laughs) want to spoil too much, but it's, you know, that's the overall theme of it. So let's get into it. We have the five categories, (laughs) visuals, sound and music, story, technical, and of course, the gameplay. Gentlemen, I want to jump out of order a little bit here. We usually go in order there. I want to jump out of order a little bit. I like You know, it. I gave a brief overview of the story. Let's start with the story. Mm. Okay. I, yeah, I do like this change up. Okay. Yeah. So with the story, go a little bit more in the depth with it, right? You are a you know what? Here's here's what's gonna happen. Because if I tell it. I'm going to tell it a certain way. You're going to be very angry about it. I can tell. So, so how about does any you guys? You guys want to just give a? I mean, let's just yeah, okay. So the story, and you know, yeah. David, feel free to add. Jeremy, feel free to add. Is sure. you are a character who fell out of the sky mm-hmm. through a time space, a space time rift, mm-hmm. and you're in the very, very distant past. It seems like uh, Pokemon and humans have not coexisted. They don't coexist at this point. Humans are actually pretty scared of Pokemon. You know, there's a select few humans called wardens who can not even control, but they kind of live and work with these stronger type Pokemon that kind of uh, control a region. So what you're doing is as you fall, the space time rift is electrocuting certain Pokemon and making them go berserk. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to quell these berserk Pokemon. So that's kind of like instead of uh, gym fights or, you know, fighting and getting badges, you're trying to quell these different Pokemon of the region. And as you go, um, you're helping your little village kind of live with Pokemon a little better. You're trying to um, fill up the Pokedex. I feel like that's more important than ever in terms of the story. Well, it's a story standpoint. This is the first Pokedex ever made. Yeah, it's actually your it's not a computer, you're writing it in a notebook. Right. Um, no Pokemon's ever been documented, stuff like that. So uh, but the main basis is hey, you're a guy that fell out of the sky and you're trying to quell these Pokemon while trying to 
also, I guess they don't know where you're from. You want to know where you're from. That never gets resolved. But you're trying to quell these um, strong Pokemon. That's that's the story, and that's your motivation for this game. Right, right. Very um, well, very well told. And yeah, Jeremy, yeah, your you didn't really miss anything. I would no. I was going to. I was going to start it with you're a child that falls out of the sky. Um, so like that's kind of like you know because they establish in the story that you're like a child. Well, um, I mean, you're a child, but you're not a ten year old like every single other Pokemon. You're actually, I I believe, an older teenager, fifteen or sixteen. So that's that's a nice change. Yeah. Sure. Okay, go on. I feel like you have a lot to say about um, this. Yeah, I'm ready yeah. to. Uh... Yeah, as far as yeah, as far as the story, I mean, you touched on it. That's pretty much it. Um, I could, I could take or leave the story. The story wasn't really like a really a bad thing or anything like that. It was just right. Oh, okay, this is a different tale. It's not so. It's different. I don't believe. I mean, it didn't feel dramatically different from like other ones, like where they they pivot and take like a completely different take um of something but it is it is different it is not the same it's not this you start as a kid go battle gym leaders it is something that's different from a story standpoint so i feel like we almost benefit from telling people what the story's not so mm -hmm. pokemon has a very um structure very yeah. uh regular structure that they follow in every game pretty oh, much yeah. every game yeah um you get a pokemon you're a little 10 year old boy or girl and you go through towns to fight gym leaders and the gym leaders give you badges. And once you get eight badges, you go and fight the elite four, which are the top four trainers in that region. Once you defeat the elite four, you fight the grand champion mm -hmm. and then you become the Pokemon master. Along the way, there's also always an evil team. And the evil team is always trying to capitalize on whatever yeah. legendary is in that region. You know, the, the legendary might control land or sea or time or space or there could be any number of things. They made up stuff for every single thing. So you always have mm -hmm. an evil team that's also getting your way along the way and you're trying to stop them as well. So you're getting badges, stopping an evil team, becoming the Pokemon champion. This doesn't so much have an evil team. You know, there's two different teams. There's the Diamond and Pearl clans. And they're not the best of friends, but they never fight with each other. And as you progress through the story, you're kind of connecting them a little more than they've ever been. The, Like I said, the only thing that's really your obstacle is the space-time rift. You know, it's making these Pokemon go berserk. And eventually, towards the end, I know you guys haven't beat the game, and I, not really spoilers, but you do stop that space-time rift. And, you know, the things that pop out of it at the end are kind of like the main antagonist, but it's not like an overarching, Hey, this is your bad guy throughout the entire story. So it does take quite a turn from all the other Pokemon games. Is that a, is that a good thing? I, I do miss gym battles. Uh, I do miss, you yeah, know, I being fighting the elite yeah. four and the grand champion and becoming the best trainer. But uh, I do like where it went. I know, I know previously sun and moon had did something a little different where you were fighting, like, I, I can't remember exactly what they were, but it was, like, one big Pokemon that was very strong. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same way, but I think this does it a little bit better. Yeah, it, it feels like you mentioned Sun and Moon and kind of, like, other later iterations. It feels like they're trying to pivot the boss battles from being the trainers to being the Pokemon themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, anything to add on the story for you two? I, I, it's pretty much do you, it. Do you like yeah. the characters in it? Are they memorable uh, at all? I mean, for I like, mean, you know, so far, I mean, not, I don't, I don't know. I want to say like memorable, but like, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm digging it so far. I've only put in about four hours right now. Okay. Yeah, I'll say that everyone slightly annoys me so far. However, the one guy that I do remember um, is the guy that upcharges you every time he adds a slot to your backpack. That guy is a real douche. Yeah. Well, he's I'm, paying, I'm paying like he's 15 memorable. grand for a slot. Yeah. Um so I guess I guess this would be part of the story, but um first of all, I do like the two clan members, the two leaders of the clan. I feel like those are pretty decent characters, but mm-hmm. um yeah, this would be part of the story, not gameplay. I like the world that they built in terms of where it's at in the Pokemon history. Like I said, people are afraid of Pokemon. And while you are trying to quell these Pokemon that are frenzied, you're also letting these town people understand that hey pokemon can be helpful they can be your friend so you start off on this town it's pretty small and you do a little bit of building up you don't control it you know it's not like hey you've unlocked a new section where now you can build this this or that mm-hmm. but you see buildings getting built you see farms getting built and that's with the help of pokemon you get missions from people and they're like hey the only way to make this farm work is if we have a rock type pokemon to help us dig you know trenches so you give them a geodude and then the next time you come in hey that trench is built hey we need irrigation we need a water type pokemon so you see this town go from fearing pokemon to now the town at the end of the game is full of them pokemon are with a bunch of people and they're working side by side and that that is really cool to me because like i said every other pokemon they're just it's a natural thing it's already there you don't see that so this one is like hey this is how it happened and i like right. that it's cool angle yeah yeah i like that um so we, we talked about the story let's let's get into the uh let's get into the visuals um I can go first on this. Yes. If you want, we can go for there. Okay, this game is god awful. It looks god awful. <laughs> it's it's one of the worst looking games I've seen in recent memory. From like a from a Xbox One, PS4 gen to the next gen, this game looks terrible. I don't know how someone can look at a game like, I don't know, Breath of the Wild, the original one, which came out, if I'm not mistaken, like five, six years ago. Yeah. On this exact same hardware and look absolutely amazing. And then someone pooped this out. This is ridiculous. This is this is not AAA quality graphics or visuals at all. The rock textures in the field are just the worst. I've never I've not seen anything like this. I haven't seen I haven't seen textures this bad since dynasty warriors okay that's how bad it is um it doesn't look good it does a disservice to the to the the nintendo switch um and that that's not good that's um yeah uh the graphics are honestly disgusting (laughs) they're so bad and like uh yes it looks better than maybe like a 16-bit style game but you know they're going for an art style and in the art style they've chosen in the open world genre they absolutely fail on every single front in terms of graphics i can't yeah. imagine an open world cell shaded type game you know like genshin impact or breath of the wild looking as bad as this there is no game that looks this bad that is this new within the last five years in terms of what they're trying to go for it looks horrible and like you said the rock textures the mountains the grass the trees everything looks ugly 
even like the colors to me looked a little off. Like I'm like, this does not look like a pretty world, you know? And it was just the Pokemon, they look pretty good. The models, they're fine. Um, they can be a little iffy, I've noticed in some parts. A little but, water drink at times. But for yeah. the most part, they look good visually. But yeah, the mm-hmm. graphics in this game are atrocious. They are they're bad. And at some point yeah. you get um ride along Pokemon. So I don't know if you either either you two have gotten your Pokemon that you can ride on yeah. to make traveling quicker. Well, at some point you get a flying one. Sorry for the spoilers. And boy, does that expose everything that is wrong with these graphics. I, I can't you're, even you're, imagine. you're because like when you're on the ground, you can only see so far ahead of you. You know, right. there's, a, there's a lot of hills in this game, so that probably right. hides a lot of it. When you're up in the air and mountains are popping up in front of you and grass and trees, it's just it's so it's embarrassing is what it is, because yeah. Pokemon, it's it's not made by a small company. Nintendo's not a small company and Game Freak owns. That is the biggest IP in the world. I've mentioned this many times. Pokemon is worth 95 billion as an entity and like, yes, I know there's 250 different um, models in the game in terms of Pokemon. But man, man, you see a game as big as like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and how beautiful that looks. You can't tell me Pokemon can't do a little better. It absolutely right. can. It's embarrassing. And guess and, and here's the thing. If you if you do care about graphics, I, I tend not to care about graphics. I know it's ugly and that does affect my enjoyment slightly. But I honestly do not care about graphics. But if you do care about graphics, then this game is already getting no. It's not worth it. If you if, if you if care yeah. about graphics, it's not worth it. You you might not be able to look past them. And yeah, uh, they, David, they, they they didn't really bother me. It's graphics I expect from Pokemon. I don't expect them to be great, but I, I, mean, I feel it like kind of bad. And like, I, like and that's and that's not your fault. It but didn't I feel phase like, me at all. I feel like we should expect. Better and why wouldn't we expect better? This is not a new franchise. It's been going on for twenty years. Right. They're they're exclusive to Nintendo, so it's not like it's a hardware issue where it's like, man, we're we're trying to run on this hardware. They have the most money in the world to make a good game. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from. This is what I expect as well. But why? It should not be what we expect. They they should be better than this. Well, for for most yeah, of the it time, looks Pokemon-y. I don't know. for most of the time, <laughs> Pokemon has been in a place on a platform where that wasn't. The expectation that wasn't necessary. So they you were, they could get you away were on with a Game Boy. You were on a DS, right? Right. But when right. you say, "Okay, I want to," we want to jump into the open world space. I'm sorry, The Witcher has been here. Yeah, you know, Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn is true. Been here. Very true. Blade has been here. These games are here. So if you want to, if you want to bring it there, if you don't want to do that, keep it the way it's been, and it's fine. But well, once you, once you, Zelda's there. You have one of the biggest open world games in your family. And like, I know this isn't an open world game, but you have a different company making a game that looks much better. Yours in new Pokemon snap, new Pokemon snap looks great. It's beautiful. And I know it's not open world and it's on rails, but it does have a world. There is a world and there are Pokemon that move in that world Mm -hmm. and it looks so much better. And like I said, that's not a fair comparison, but when you see side by side, Hey, we have this Pokemon game that looks beautiful. Not that the greatest graphics, but it looks beautiful. And you have Pokemon Arceus. It's just, it's a shame. Right. And like you're saying, like the witch has been here and stuff. Like we just mentioned earlier, Nintendo just never had the best hardware, but like we, you kind of should expect them to push that hardware and like the thing is like jeremy brought up breath of the wild 
does it, it looks beautiful right you know it, it's on the same hardware exactly on the exact same so, hardware and it looks so much better it has an open world too like i, I said it doesn't have doesn't have 200 different pokemon but it has enemies that are in that world right so breath of the wild might be, be pushing the hardware so i feel like pokemon can do the same thing right yeah. like there's there's and no they, excuse they, they like i said it. it's a first party all the money in the world no excuse for these graphics at all um yes yeah, so that's I mean that's the graphics <laughs> people if you're getting into this game know that knowing that it's not the best looking thing by far um let's go into sound and music now all pokemon games have music this mostly sounds like <laughs> all games know, have music well not all <laughs> limbo doesn't most uh but you know it has the you might remember it being the polyphonic it's evolved since then it's changed since then it's grown up a little bit and then of course you have the sounds let's talk about it guys what do you make of the sound and music in this game so the pokemon sound like they did in the older like pokemon games right you know like if we're in this open world ish kind of game now and we've all watched the cartoon or anime whatever you want to call it right they say their names they don't say whoosh and whatever <laughs> like it's right. more like the cartoon now so like give me have whooper say whooper or you know there's like, there's where, a where is uh, where is that what is it called there's like a like what is it little narrative dissonance there's mm. a thing of where you're playing this game and you're engaged with it and you're like yeah this is open kind of open worldish realish and then, um, you know, P- Pikachu makes a sound, and yeah. he sounds like an Atari from 1983. And you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. The Pikachu one especially because <laughs> Pikachu talks all the time. There's Pikachu movies. Pikachu talks. Why doesn't Pikachu say Pika like he does every other place? Right. He still, he still does a little I think he says Pikachu, doesn't he? No. Oh, they switched that notes. like a couple of games ago where he he's like the one Pokemon that says his own name. <laughs> but maybe they don't have it in this one. I don't remember. I, I caught don't. one Pikachu, so I don't. They don't. Oh, you didn't? You, you just you just caught the one? I caught one Pikachu, oh, yes. Because, okay, you, know, you know, you get more points when you catch 80 of them. We'll get into well, that. Well, no, <laughs> no. All right. Well, that's a little unfair. Um, but, uh, uh, you want me to jump into the sound of music yeah, real right. quick? All right. So I got a lot to say about this game, apparently. But uh yeah, the uh, there's no voice acting <laughs> at all, which very annoying. To, which very which annoying. I which, expected, <laughs> I expected it this game. I was excited. Really, and I had to read a lot. I was okay, like, okay, so that's the thing. That's the like, thing. I definitely did not expect. I did not expect voice acting, but it doesn't make it any less jarring when the first cutscene comes up and people are moving their mouths, and it's just they don't even do like a sound like an Animal Crossing thing. Like I would have liked that even a little bit better, but yeah, like I said, it's. I think it's time for voice acting. Like, why not have it? You know, they have the budget for it. So that was a little weird. Um, the sounds of the Pokemon, I'm I'm not so much hurt about them not saying their names. That, that to me, feels um, like part of the children's show. You know, I don't mind that these animal Pokemon make animal-type sounds. Now, I do agree they feel a little bit outdated, like I said, like Jeremy said, kind of like Atari-like. But I don't mind the sounds that they do make. Um, as for the rest make, of the sounds... They don't even make animal sounds, though. Yeah, they, they make, make their they make their little screeches, and it's Game fine. I, I don't hate it. It doesn't bother me, but uh, the rest of the stuff is is fine. I guess I don't really recall much other sounds. You know, maybe the sounds of like the moves that you perform are okay. Uh, the music, 
Jeremy, you brought up, you know, they used to have like little beep bop boop 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 music. Uh, I really miss that. I like that in the original Pokemon game, every town had like its own theme and they were pretty catchy for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, the different routes had its own theme. And with this game, they went the route of like Breath of the Wild, which is overarching. You're in a zone and it has ambience almost. It has music, but it's very subdued compared to like other games. So Mm -hmm. I I didn't enjoy the music so much. So there was a couple bops. Uh, The nighttime theme, I think when I was in the snow area, was really nice. But for the most part, the music was kind of forgetful. Like a a updated version of the music for when Pokemon are evolving. It's like the same same music, but it's it's more evolved, you know? Yeah, and they got a a battle theme that's pretty reminiscent of the old one. I, I I think it's personally worse, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's there. So sound and music, uh, not the best. I would agree. Sound and music, not the best. Yeah. And with David I've... sounds, I don't know why the Pokemon don't, if you're, if you're not going to make the show sounds, then have to make animal sounds. They just can't, they, they, they can't sound like Nokia phones. Yeah. It's, like, it's 2022. This should not sound like what it did in yeah. Pokemon red or yellow. Yes, exactly. Well, then the Nokia phone Pokemon should sound like a Nokia phone. What do you yeah, mean? exactly. Yeah. Uh, Nokia, the Nokia phone Pokemon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, they should. They definitely should. Okay, good. <clears throat> as well as the Alltel Pokemon. They should sound like Alltel phones. Um, <laughs> so we got into that. Uh, let's get into the technical aspects. Now, this thing comes out on the Switch. Switch is a pretty solid machine, except for controller. It's not. Some other things. <laughs> Except for not being solid, it's pretty solid. Right. Machine. Did you guys have any technical issues with this game? I didn't have a single one. No? Not one, no. Um ran very well. I I think pop in technically is technical, right? Okay. Like graphics. But I guess what you mean by that is glitches or power offs or something that restarts. Uh no, right. nothing like that. And Surprisingly, the load times are very quick. Yeah, I agree. So I'm very happy with that. So no technical technical has been very good. Technical, yeah, it's been absolutely fine. No issues there. Um, so not not much to report on technical. Yeah, that was fast. That means we're going to get to the gameplay, which I feel like is going to be the biggest point of contention in this thing. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, why don't you tell us why? uh, Why don't you tell us what you feel about the gameplay? Uh, I think we all have a history with Pokemon, right? We've all played multiple Pokemon games in our lives. Uh, yeah, sure. Definitely, sure. we're all fans to some extent. So, yeah. Uh, let's hear it, Jeremy. Yeah, um, I kind of hate it. I kind of hate the gameplay in the game. Oh. Um, you have the Pokedex. You've got to knock off these different chores to do, and uh, they help give you research points, which helps you earn money and different stuff like that. Um, a lot of it is just blatantly grindy stuff. Hey, yeah. You, hey, you catch thirty of these. Catch thirty of these one Pokemon. I hate, um, I hate that. Watch this one Pokemon use this move thirty times. Um, defeat this type of Pokemon five times at this specific heel on top of a meteor that crashed two nights ago. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> Can I please just catch my Pokemon, battle the Pokemon, and go about? Now, can you technically do that? Yes. Can you technically do that? Yes. yes. However, the game obviously incentivizes you to do the other things in the Pokedex in order to get the research points, get the money, different stuff like that. Right. That's annoying, right? If you're someone, let me tell you something. If you're someone that has like OCD or has a thing with lists, don't buy this game. 
Because <laughs> you'll, you'll, go, you'll go mad. Because you'll try to go out there and, and capture 30 of every single Pokemon. You just can't do it. Um, I, 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 uh, before yeah, you right. move on, I don't want this to become like you make a point and I, I dispute it, but I feel like that's what it's going to become. So okay. I'm just going to lean into it a this little is, bit. I think, now, I think what you're about to say is going to be a good dispute, though. Yes. Um, so I don't even know if you heard, but I was telling David about this earlier. And you don't have to do all those things. Mm-hmm. I know it's a list and people want to fill up lists, but all the Pokedex is looking for is a combination of 10 things on that list they usually give you anywhere from like it looks like eight to ten different things that you can do you said it evolve them uh catch them battle them do a certain type of move on them have them do a move on you maybe do agile or strong styles and all these when they do that it fills up like a little box on there Mm -hmm. and that box counts as one research towards that pokedex pokedex entry and once you get 10 the pokedex is complete for that pokemon and on the very left, they show some red arrows, and those red arrows actually give you double points. So a lot of them have it where you catch them, you get double points. So one catch of a Pokemon is worth two towards those points. So yes, it does say potentially catch up to 30. You don't have to catch 30 to complete your Pokedex at all. Now, if you are OCD, you might feel like you need to, but for what the game is asking you to do, once you hit that level 10 cap, you are done with them. You don't get any more points for filling up more than that. So that's that's a very good rebuttal. That's a yes. very good rebuttal. I Thank will you. ask. Right. I will that's, ask. that's why yes. I said what I said. I will ask. You don't have to catch 30 of them. No. Do you have to catch five of them? You might, depending on how you play. Um, Do you have to catch four of them? No. You, no. Okay, I will say this. No, you don't. Um, and I will, like I said, uh, let's jump into the catching mechanics if you want to talk about that real quick. Sure. Sure. Now. Now, the thing about this Pokemon game, as as opposed to previous ones, except for maybe Sword and Shield, uh, when you go into these zones, they're big open zones, almost like Monster Hunter, where you pick what zone you want to go to, and mm-hmm. it has a certain, hey, this is the lava, this is the ice. Um, the Pokemon are out in the wild. There's not a grass that you've got to walk into and they pop up, and then you have a chance to catch them. Pokemon are roaming freely in this world. Um, I know one of your early complaints when we were messaging, Jeremy, was it didn't seem like there was enough Pokemon. I don't know if you feel otherwise now, but I feel like there's a decent amount. Um, I, I felt like there wasn't enough to imitate what they're going for, which is untamed wild Pokemon, right? That, that could be so, a little fair. So, so, like, in the wild, you would see yes. zebras. There would be at least 20 or 30 of them. You would not see just two, two zebras. Usually. <laughs> you see two ponytails. That, that's, that's a little fair. I'll give you a little bit of a, a, a point for that. Yeah, but it, the it, Pokemon it are, they are there though. Yeah. You don't have to walk a hundred feet to get your next Pokemon. They're every 10 to 15 feet and they're pretty varied. You know, you might see a bird Pokemon, then you might see a rock Pokemon. And then, mm-hmm. so, so I guess what I'm saying by this is Pokemon are there to catch very freely very freely it's not like the old days where hey i gotta look through grass and a pikachu might pop up and i might not see another one for a little while that bird pokemon is all over the first area and and the thing i like about the gameplay in this is everything is optimized so the catching is so easy compared to previous games you have a little tab at the bottom that you can scroll through with r r and l and you can go through your different pokeballs and you just tap r you aim you release r and it throws a pokeball at them you don't have to battle you don't have to get them weaker so the process of catching pokemon instead of being a one or two minute thing like it was previously it's literally a two second thing so to catch, if you wanted to catch 30 of a Pokemon, it might take you five minutes. 
if you want to catch all of them, but you don't have to. As you're roaming the world, you can run along. And what I would do is I would just throw Pokeballs. I would be running, not focusing on catching Pokemon and just throwing them as I ran. If I caught them, great. If I didn't, who cares? They'll be there for me when I want to return. So that's my kind of rebuttal on filling the Pokedex a little bit. I don't know how you feel about the catching mechanics, but I, I really like the changes. Well, um, so do I. My my rebuttal to this is like before I was asking, do you need to catch five or four? Yes, or okay, or yeah. two? Because yes, in the don't. previous ones, I could just catch however many I wanted. Right, right, which for me was always one. Right, you would never want to catch one. more than one. So in this one, I got to catch more than one. No, but I, I, it makes, but it makes building it. the Pokedex completing e- easier. There's other, there's other ways, say, there's other tasks. Easier. But that's the easiest way because po- because catching is so easy in this game. But that, so my, my question to that is, do you think that's not to serve the grindiness? Because like no. you said, in previous games, it would take sometimes two, three minutes to catch a Pokemon. Well, in previous games, I didn't have to catch five, 10, 15 of the same ones. So here's but the if deal. If I got to catch more on this one, I maybe have to speed up the catching process. I, I don't think that it's to serve the grindiness. I think it's to serve the world. Now, you go into this first region and you see the first, the bird in this one is Starly. You see mm-hmm. that Starly all over the place. Usually in a Pokemon game, you catch Starly, you never catch another one. There's no purpose. Mm-hmm. So this one, they're going to make a world that looks like it's lived in. So they're going to put Starlies all over the place. You don't just want to catch one. You want to catch multiple because it helps you fill up your Pokedex. So there's a reason for multiple Starlies to be on that map, in my opinion. I understand where you're coming from. It does seem like a grind from the outside. But to me, it feels like, hey, this world is lived in and there's many Starlies for me to catch. And I should catch them because it helps me. Mm. That's an interesting perspective. I think that (laughs) one is just just a change of... To me, that doesn't make any sense. To me, I want to connect okay. one Starly and be done with it. If I want to evolve it, I can evolve it. I don't want to have to, okay, I got to catch this one, and then I got to evolve it. Oh, but I need to have three different ones that are evolved, so I have to catch maybe two or three other Starlies so I can hit this metric for, evol- for evolutions. It's it's just for, for, for why. Everything for you're why? saying is technically true, but you're bringing right? it to such, <laughs> such a far extent. That no one would ever do. No one's going to do everything you just said. If you catch one Starly and evolve them and use them a couple times, you will complete your Pokedex. I understand where you're coming from. Where you're like, I got to catch three. I got to evolve three. I got to use this. But no one would ever do that. And they don't expect you to do that. I I feel like we're not going to agree on this. Yeah. So maybe we should. Go go on, David. David, yeah. What's what's your opinion on this? Okay, I am on Jeremy's side with the fact of I want to catch one and just be done with it. Right. On the other hand, the game is you're you're filling the very first Pokedex. I wouldn't want to study one thing of a species and say that's that. If I studied one monkey and said, okay, they get this disease because that monkey had that disease and just call it a day would be very unfair. I need to study a hundred monkeys to understand so, what they have what they go through what they can catch what they can't catch so i understand now, the whole catch five or ten if you want to so here's the deal um i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing jeremy you said the catching serves the grindiness mm-hmm. i'm saying it serves the world and david you're saying it serves the story <laughs> so we have yeah. all three different perspectives on why they had they make us catch multiple pokemon and i think all of them are valid jeremy you're absolutely right 
it is grindy to catch more than one. But like I said, I think it's to make the world lived in, and David thinks it's to make sense in terms of, hey, this Pokedex needs to be complete. We got to catch multiples. So um, for anyone listening, you can take any one of those, and whatever one kind of makes sense to you, I think that's what you should lean into. Yeah. Because all of them are true to an extent. Yeah. Now, we'll say, as far as just catching mechanics, just to wrap that up, the fact that you don't have to battle is yes. fantastic. Oh, I love Amazing. It. I Amazing. love it. They have a, so much better. One of the mechanics, you know, the you mentioned like the the terribly rendered grass in the game. Well, yes. you can hide in it, yes, right? and yep. sneak up and you know throw a Pokeball while a, a Pokemon's turned around and capture it yep. that way. You get, you get bonuses for bonus, being hidden yeah. and catching them from behind. Yeah. And there are certain balls that work better, like a heavy ball. When you hit them from behind, it has a likelier yeah. chance to catch. Um, you were talking about the stealth in the grass. They also give you items that can make you more stealthy, things mm -hmm. that make you silent, things that uh, put smoke on the arena so you can sneak up to them. Um, there's also berries and treats and cakes that you can give Pokemon because whenever you um, kind of lock onto a Pokemon, it shows how hard it will be to catch mm -hmm. you know, based on like the color and the arrows. And when you give them food, it lowers. So it makes them a lot easier to catch, which is, mm -hmm. like I said, I think – um, besides the dispute we have, the catching overall is just so much better than it's ever been. Yeah. I will say that the catching is definitely more engaging. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost like the Safari Zone in the original games, but a lot mm -hmm. better yeah. updated. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, gameplay. So it's... <laughs> that's one aspect of the gameplay. That's, that's one on. aspect of it. Let's move on to the battling, right? Yes. So the battling kind of works very similar to the catching. You just have... Your poke up your Pokemon and their little Pokeballs, and you can scroll through. And then when you have a Pokemon that you want to battle or that you need to battle, instead of you know holding the the right trigger to you know aim and throw a poke Pokeball, of which catch them, you're throwing one that has a Pokemon in it already, and boom, they pop out. Battle starts. The battle starts. Boom. Yeah. Uh, I think that's an awesome improvement too. You don't ever run into a Pokemon and a battle starts. It's when you want to battle, you can battle. You can run away from every single Pokemon. You never have to battle until you yeah. want to. So awesome yeah. change by them. The thing, I think the great thing, one of the things I've always hated in Pokemon is that like, if you're out in the wild or if you run into whoever else, you've got a, whatever Pokemon you got first is the one that gets thrown out first. Yes. So if yes. you want to switch, you're going to lose a turn. And, and right, the fight yeah. order with this uh, one, you can you can throw whoever you want. Whoever you want, you can pre-select and I say, "Okay, it. this looks like a water Pokemon. Let me go ahead and throw out a Pikachu. I can flip to it and I can throw it out. I don't have to have it slotted in a certain way." That's absolutely fantastic. That's like a, a really great way of, of doing that. Um, so now, before before you, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I was going to say that's well, no, you go ahead because I had I was going to move on to like a secondary point. But okay, so I was going to say before you say it, I think. I will break it to the people. Uh, there's not enough battling. <laughs> That's there the thing. Isn't. They made this this. It made it so much better to battle, but there's no one to battle. Um, there's no random trainers. There's like a little bit of an enemy trio of, of women that fight you from time to time, but there's no enemy trainers that you run across. Um, we said earlier, no gym battles. So um, battling has less emphasis than ever in this game. And mm. I think that's a bad thing. But I also think that they were going a different direction where the Pokedex and the catching were much more important. So right. um, if you guys want to expand on the whole battling, less battle stuff, is that something that you're missing as well? Um, no, I did quite a few. Just, you know, kind of feel like the Pokedex and stuff. But uh, 
the thing is, you don't know what level they are until you're in the battle. Mm. And that kind of sucks. Because yeah. you find out your level 5 Cyndaquil is going against a level 40 Rapidash. <laughs> and you want to cry. <laughs> but, yeah, they're... Yeah, the no need to battle is very different. Mm, right, because you can kind of like just run because, away before you can run away. Like you can just yeah, run away without having to choose just run, run away in the options. Yeah, yeah and just um, like like Corey said, like there's like no random trainers, no badges. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You could potentially beat this game without fighting. No, uh, but I kind of know what you mean. As you get later in the game, there are a lot more scripted battles. Um, okay, non-scripted battling then. Right. There's yeah, pretty. There's zero. Like there's no non-scripted battle. Like you can't. You know, there's nothing like that. So, but yeah, scripted battles they do get kind of not battle heavy ever, but there are a lot more battles with trainers, battles with Pokemon later in the game, and they are pretty challenging because like you, uh, there's not much battling in the beginning, so there's. There's not so much ways to level up your Pokemon. You know, it's not like I have an I had an overpowered team. The way you level up your Pokemon is by catching better Pokemon. Like you have a Pokemon in the beginning and you just catch a better one. You're like, yo, bro, you gotta go to the bench. This dude's level 30. You know, like he's <laughs> he's staying on the team. And you brought right. up that uh Rapidash was level 40. He was an alpha Pokemon. And I think yeah. we should talk about alpha Pokemon a little bit. The alpha Pokemon are huge variants of a Pokemon. The Rapidash is probably quadruple the size of a regular yeah, Rapidash. He towers I was over your trainer. Shocked. I was like, uh, it had red eyes. Yeah, yeah. They, the eyes go away once you catch them, and they're normal. Uh, okay. But uh, I think Alpha Pokemon are really cool. I think it's a nice little change. It brings a challenging fight, and it's a challenge to catch them. So it's like, if you want to fight them, it's a challenge. If you want to catch them, it's a challenge. And they just look kind of cool. So... Is um, there shiny alphas? Probably. I've never ran across one, but yeah, I think there is. And there's every Pokemon in the game can have an alpha version, except for probably like the legendaries. There's scripted ones like the Rapidash and stuff, but there are, you know, random ones throughout. So I like the alphas. I like the inclusion of them. Pretty fun. Yeah, the alphas are, yeah. are interesting. I also want to say, I think another thing that's cool with the I guess battle aspects slightly possibly is that um, the Pokemon can just, so to speak, f you up. Like yeah, yeah. Like they can just they can just, <laughs> just throw, for lack rebels. of a better word, just kill you. you. Like not not hit your Pokemon <laughs> at all. Right. Which I think is uh is really cool because it's like this other thing you have to kind of keep in mind. Now the actual battling itself, the way it looks, this is just my opinion. I don't think it looks good. Oh no. I think um, that there's things where it's like, oh, hey, uh, this, whatever uses tackle. Oh, but it missed. Well, it didn't miss because it didn't move. Okay? It never tried. Right. So you want to be like more realistic. Like, yeah. have the, a Pokemon tackle them, but the other Pokemon moves out of the way. If you're going to put them in a 3D space, have them move in the 3D space when they're supposed right. to move. <laughs> Um, That's right, all I'm asking. Right. I, I agree with you. The animations, they they are better than any other Pokemon game, but they still lack quite a bit. But I was surprised to see that every mood move had like at least a unique animation. Mm -hmm. You know, like Fire Wheel and Rollout look the same, but at least the Fire Wheel has fire on it. But like, you know, in the old Pokemon games, it'd be like 
like every water moved almost like the exact same. So all these right. have at least different variants. Like you said, where they miss, nothing happens. But uh, I thought you were going to say like the actual uh, the battle arena doesn't look good because I think that looks excellent. Like when you fight a Pokemon, it doesn't bring you to like an arena with like a static background. You're just it just starts in the world. Whatever area you were on, you're battling yeah. there. And you can move right. around and you can kind of get different angles that you never had before. This is true. This is true. And like a lot of that, I've had I had quite I've had quite the revelation playing this game, which we'll get to at the end. <laughs> uh, but going on with gameplay, what other gameplay aspects did you want to touch on? Uh, the Pokemon attack you that you had just brought up. I want to say that it makes the world feel dangerous. Yeah, which is always a, a pleasant surprise with the Pokemon game because you never really feel danger in those type of games, mm-hmm. and it, and that definitely adds to the uh, catching of the Pokemon because the first area the Pokemon don't attack you so much they might run, but in the later areas the Pokemon you're trying to catch will just straight up attack you for trying to catch them, which yeah. is kind of yeah. cool. Um, the battling system I wanted to talk a little more about something they changed. They did something called Master Moves, mm-hmm. which. Isn't a huge change, but it feels like a revolution for Pokemon. So uh, once you master a move, you can do an agile style or a strong style. Agile hits for a lot less, but it's quicker. Strong hits for a lot more, but it's slower, which in turn also is a big factor because now they show you the turn order. I don't know if you guys have brought down that menu. It was kind of hidden. But a a ton of RPGs have this. Nearly all of them have it. Mm -hmm. And it's really useful information. Pokemon never had it. So I really enjoy the turn order where you can see, hey, this agile move will let me go twice in a row in three more turns if I can live there. Mm -hmm. So it really adds a lot more strategy to the Pokemon battling than ever before. Um, Yeah, I guess a couple other small things I had. Um, There's no TMs anymore. Pokemon just learn moves and you can switch them out at any time. Once they Mm -hmm. learn a move, they always have it. And then at any time during your game, you can say, hey, I want this move on this Pokemon. Um, The evolving, they don't evolve automatically anymore, which is like a godsend. Because some people like to have smaller versions of Pokemon. And the only way to stop them from evolving before was putting a stone on them or tapping B every time it would go to that screen. They don't do that anymore. You evolve them when you want to evolve them. I thought that was really cool. And an open world has to have crafting. And I think for Pokemon, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the berries that you get, turn the Pokeballs, the stones that you get, blah, 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 turn the food. I like all that stuff. That's a lot of the bullet points that I had. If you guys had any more for the gameplay, go on. Mm, Not really. I think it pretty much hit on everything. (laughs) I did like like the crafting. Also, like – the good thing is a lot of those things you need to get, except for more rare items, they're very easy to get. Right? Everywhere. Like the acorns everywhere. and stuff you need to make yes. the Pokeballs are super easy to get. They're everywhere. So there's no worries about, oh, am I going to have enough? I usually go about, you know, have randomly having my uh, throwing the Pokeball, throwing a Pokemon at a tree so I can knock the acorns out. They gain a little bit of XP doing that. Going yep. around, by the time you run out of however many Pokeballs, you've got enough resources to make another 30 40 of them yeah you can craft right on the spot with materials that you have um have you guys done a boss battle yet no define a boss battle wait what define the boss battle oh uh quelling the frenzied pokemon no i haven't done one yet okay so i I guess i should hit into this so those are kind of like your your big battles right like your Mm -hmm. gym leaders uh it's fun but it's also weird because you don't have to fight them with pokemon so so to unfrenzy these Pokemon, you have the warden who kind of takes care of them. And mm-hmm. they have a special, like, uh, balm that they like, you know, some of their food and some medicine. And yeah. you throw it at them like you would a Pokemon. 
and it becomes an action type game where these Pokemon have mood sets and you're dodging them while throwing these things at them. Mm-hmm. And you can beat every single one without ever using your own Pokemon just by throwing them at them. It's very weird. It's fun in some aspects. Some of the boss battles are really fun where it was, like I said, like an action game where you're dodging these moves from Pokemon. But um, a little weird. You guys will have to update me when you get to them and see how you like them because okay. it was strange. It's strange that you don't have to use Pokemon in a Pokemon battle. So, yeah. What am doing a bunch of different stuff here. Right. Doing a yeah. bunch of different stuff. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like as far as gameplay elements, not a lot for me to add on to it. Um, yeah, we definitely we covered a good bit of it. So that that leads to, um, to was it worth it? That leads to the big question. This is a brand new release. It is five nine dot nine nine dollars on Nintendo Switch. Um, let's get to the question. <laughs> Guys, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Was it worth it? I'll go. So, okay. I grew up, I played up until Fire Red and then stopped. I played Black for a little bit. I didn't even beat the fourth gym badge. Like, I quit playing it. It just wasn't fun for me anymore. But I've always kind of been a fan of the Pokemon franchise. Mm -hmm. And this game did, it brought it back for me. Like, I enjoyed playing this game. I look forward to playing this game. Despite the graphics not being great, the differences they've put into it, it being 3D world and, you know, not top view. And, like, I I think it's worth it. If you're looking for a Pokemon game to play and you're bored of the other ones, like, this is a good one to get. Mm. Okay. We got one. Right. Is it worth it? Corey. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Graphics, terrible. Sound of music, not that good. Um, but I think gameplay trumps all, and I am in love with the gameplay in this game. It emphasizes catching Pokemon and filling the Pokedex, which always felt like a little bit of an afterthought in the other games. Other games are all about battles. This game doesn't have as much, but it does have them, and the battles in this one are are very challenging when you do have them. So um, the combination of the battling system and catching the Pokemon, and while the world is ugly, it is a world I like to be in. I like roaming around. I like seeing the different times of day and seeing what Pokemon appear and seeing their habitats and their environment and just the um, discovery. I feel like it's been a long time since I felt discovery in a Pokemon game. And I'm getting that this game. And uh, yeah, I love it. Have like over 30 hours into it in a little over a week. For me, it is 100% worth it. I would not be surprised if this isn't towards the top of my game of the year at the end of the year. I do want to add something. Um, The sky was the limit on this game that they could have done and what they've done, you know, did with it. But they they put it in a building. They put a ceiling into it. There's so much more they can do. That's fair. And the the next game that they do that's like this, I really hope they don't put themselves in another building. I hope they just, you know, shoot to the moon, I guess. But that's a that's a great point. I didn't mention it. Great point. There is so much they can improve on. And for it to still be a game that I like, and I know there's so much they can improve on, like that's that gets me very excited for the future. Right. Yeah, this one Jeremy. This was it worth your 60 bucks. Here's here's what I'll say. And the reason why this is this is doubly hurtful for me is because I've come to an epiphany aligned with something you've said before. Which is that Game Freak 
and all those guys need to do better because they have this big IP. Yeah. This game did a lot of the things I've always wanted Pokemon to do. And it sucked. So not only am I sitting here having to question Game Freak and, and this Pokemon thing, I'm sitting here having to question my own expectations of what this franchise was. Because a lot of the things that they failed to do are things that you don't fail to do with a multi-billion dollar franchise. You don't put out terrible looking games. You don't have limited, limited animations. You don't bother not putting in either some kind of sound when people are talking or some kind of dialogue or sounds for the animals that, that weren't recorded on a Casio keyboard, right? But right. I don't know if it's a matter of them being cheap or them not understanding that this is the level of expectation for a game where you're saying it's open world, AAA, first tier. Right. Like, if this, like, sorry, if this was like an indie yeah. game, you know, if this was Monster Sanctuary, game, yeah. it, this this would be like an amazing achievement. Yeah. Like it's not. But like there, yeah, there should be talking. There should be voices, and Pokemon shouldn't be making weird noises off of Atari. It's almost Which, like Game Freak thinks they're the underdog when really they're the big evil corporation, but they like, act like they're the underdog the way they spend their money on like the stuff. Right. Yeah. Like this, they wanted to keep it kind of the same but different. But like this was the game to make it different. The the thing is though is that we've loved Pokemon in the form that they've put it in. It's kind of like a Bethesda revelation. They've worked under less under inferior expectations. Like there's people, you know, this game is reviewed very well. This game looks horrible. It sold but very we, well as well. Yeah, it sold very well as well. But I think it's because we all have such low expectations of what Pokemon games are supposed to be while not realizing it. Right. That now they're in a position where they have to compete with everyone else that's making this, making these games. Jesus Christ, Spider-Man's Miles Morales came out like four years ago. You gotta, you gotta up it up. I say all that to say that if you love Pokemon, if you want to see where this franchise is going, and I believe this is where it's going, the game is worth it. Wow. Okay. Wow. I have to say that again. This this feels like Age of Empires four for me. I don't like this game at all. Okay. I am getting. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm going to pull a quarry here. I recommend you get this game as I sell mine. Okay, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but this game is worth it because it offers a fresh, it's definitely fresh, iteration of what Pokemon is or what it's going to become. You get to experience some new things in it. And I think if you're someone that hasn't played the game in like six, seven, eight, nine years, this is going to be a completely new thing to you. Right. So, like myself. You know, exactly. It's um, uh. You know, when you first played Fire and Blue back in the day, yeah. you have your imagination kind of take while. You know, you, know I, you imagine what the Pokemon world would be. Right. And this almost reaches that imagination, you know? Because, like, when yeah. you go on a grass, it's like, okay, a Pokemon popped up. This this is that imagination. But they fail well, on so terrible. many. Right. They fail on so many counts. Yeah. But because it's Pokemon and because we like the characters and the catching mechanics and the battling, that's... That's what makes it worth it to me. But like you said, I, I expect so much more from Game Freak. It's embarrassing. They have the money, but um, they won't change. They keep you know, getting good reviews. We and know they what keep it's like. Selling like hotcakes. 
But no, but it's like it's like you go to a restaurant, you order a nice, you read the menu, you hear the nice turkey club. You're like, oh, you read it, it sounds beautiful. And in your mind, you have an idea of what this turkey club is. It's beautiful bread, right? Crisp, crackling bacon, this nice, juicy, fall-off-the-bone turkey, right? Lettuce, fresh lettuce, tomato, mayo, right? And you order it, and they bring it to you, and it's the saddest-looking turkey meat you've ever seen. It's this shriveled-up, rubbery bacon. All the ingredients are there. You got what you expected, but it just didn't deliver on where you thought it was. Beautiful. Unlike that sandwich. Ladies and gentlemen, chickens, ducks, and hens, and I guess shinies, apparently, because they're our favorite thing here now. That was our <laughs> Was It Worth It for Pokemon or Chaos. We all three recommend it. It was worth it. But I feel real bad about it. All right. <laughs> We're going to move on to our next segment, Indie Spotlight, where we highlight Spotlight an Indie Game. And David, you're taking this one. Oh, yes. Tell us about this indie. So let's talk about this game is actually beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is am- amazing art. The backgrounds are just beautiful. They're interactive on some areas, too. The only thing was the people look kind of weird to me. I wasn't mm-hmm. too fond of the people, but there's like aliens and stuff. Like those look really cool and just. It's amazing. So the game is you're this musician and he's like a a teenager of some sort. His name's Francis Vendetti and he has this uncle who's just his name's Johnson Vendetti and he's just like famous around the world. He's put out all this awesome music. So everyone expects this out of Francis and he's very stressed like he has his first show coming up and uh his uncle is like folk music, so he was doing folk music, but he just wasn't feeling it. And he runs into this girl. I think her name's Violet. I forget. It's been a few days since I've played it. But she's like, yeah, meet me at this place. I forget the name of that place. It was like the lightning room or something. So he wakes up in the middle of the night because he heard something. And it was some alien. And he tried to like chase him. And the city that he's in is uh, Calypso. And he finds the lightning room. He's like, I've never seen this before. And it was some dude. And they follow him in. And he's off out into space. He's uh, these different worlds and everything. And it's based around music. It's like a, it's a music game. But it's not a rhythm game. The music. When I finished downloading this game. And I opened it up. The, the menu music is absolutely beautiful instantly fell in love with it i was actually listening to it before we started recording and the music in the game is just it's great they really focused on the music in this game because that they wanted it to be a music game and honestly it's hardly even a game it is a interactive moving movie you just do it's a it's a platform game you know you just do a lot of lefts and rights and jumping and there's very few times where you have to hit multiple buttons like you run into one of the uh aliens you have to prove that you're this awesome musician so they'll make you like i played on the keyboard so you'd have to hit either q w e a or d and sometimes two or three at the same time that was it 
if you weren't doing that, you were going left or right and holding shift to play the guitar as you were running around. So this game is just about Francis figuring out who he is as a person, what he wants to do with his life, seeing all this amazing scenery. I think I beat this in six hours, and I was looking at playthroughs and stuff on YouTube. Most people are beating it in like three and a half, four hours. It's free on Xbox Game Pass. It is twenty bucks otherwise. It it is it is so amazing. I definitely recommend this game. Like it's like I said, it's a music game, but not a rhythm game. So I know a lot of people don't like rhythm games. This is just nice, chill, relaxed music, somebody figuring out who they are. And there's a lot of quotes in this uh game that really actually hit home. And I, I I I'll probably play through this again. Wow. I I don't do that too often with campaign games. But that's it. Uh, yeah, the Artful Escape, beautiful game. I I praise. I, I appreciate praise. so much Jeremy recommending this to me because I never would have heard of it, thought about it, or nothing. Well, it's like it's interesting. So part of the reason I knew about it is because going back to our Dota, right, games of the annual. And just like, you know, hearing other people's impressions and stuff. And there's a YouTube channel, Corey knows it, called Game Ranks, right? They do mm-hmm. a lot of like top 10 stuff. And so they were doing their games of the year. And I think they had, this is like one of their underrated ones. And I remember seeing it on Game Pass. And so I have played a little bit of it. Um, I'm like, man, this game is like really interesting. Like really, really interesting. And so I'm like, and it, it's incorporated around music. And I know you play a lot of rhythm games, a lot of music, music-centric games. So I'm like, hey, try this out. You know? Yeah. So I'm glad that you played it and that you enjoyed it and gave it such high praise that you have. I'm going to jump back yeah, into I, it. I played sure. it until I beat it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's cool. You know what? I was able to I was able to pay you back for Omno because you talked about Omno. And then yeah, I went and I, I played it. Up. I freaking love that game. It was an amazing uh, game. Yeah. All right, that is Indie Spotlight, The Artful Escape. Guys, make sure you check it out. I believe it's developed, published by Annapurna Interactive, possibly. One of those, like, filmy studios that also do games and stuff. I know a bunch of actors have voices in it, Mark Strong, a few other people, all that stuff like that. Um, But we are going to move on to game time. And for game time, we have Gamerly Grood. Gamerly Grood with... Are, With, are, are, are we still inviting this guy on the show? We're still invited. I remember he had a, he had a name change last time because of stuff. So we have Copyright. with us. Well, yeah, we have with us Heave Starby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna keep repeating that. So we have Heave Starby with me. Uh, all, right, all right. So Game Really Grood is, uh, if you don't know, it is a family feud type game. I give these gentlemen a topic. Uh, there's an X number of games, and they've got to go back and forth guessing and trying to get as many as they can. They have three strikes, and you're out. Whoever has the most by the end of it is uh, the winner. Isn't that right? He starvy. Uh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Jeremy put something in. Uh, you heard him talk. <laughs> all right, all right, gentlemen. So, um, so I was I was trying to think of a topic. I was looking at lists and all that stuff. Um, I, I'm very into reviews, Metacritic, all that stuff. You guys know I love I oh, love seeing yeah. scores. Yeah. So, um. IGN has given 22 games a 10 out of 10 in the modern era. 22, I believe, if I just counted right. Um, This isn't like, hey, there's nine. 
you guys can do any of the 22. You guys are going to go back and forth, try to pick up as many as you can. Um, I will give you a couple things. Uh, IGN hasn't been around since video games have been invented. So we're going from 2008 and up. Okay. That's where their list starts. They have, ask what they, they have two older Ocarina. games. They have they have Ocarina of Time on there and Pokemon Red and Blue. But those technically didn't get any scores. They just got really high praise reviews and they put them on this list. But everything else is 2008 and up. So you're looking at the PS3 era mm-hmm. and forward. Okay. So uh, whoever wants to go first, you can name a game and I'll let you know if it's on the list. Like I said, you three strikes and you're out. I got it. Uh, first game, Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us Part 2 was reviewed June 30th, 2020. It got a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. David. Then The Last of Us has to be as well. The Last of Us Part 1, is it on here? It is definitely... Is it on here? It, it is... It Last of Us be. Remastered is on here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will give it to you, yes, for sure. Last of Us. All right, Jeremy, back to you. Let's go... Um. Zelda Breath of the Wild. That is for sure on here. Zelda Breath of the Wild, two to one. All right. The uh, the God of War, the one that just came to PC. God of War. It is also on there. Yep, the 2018 one. Okay, cool. Nice. Wow, look at this. This is all right. This is a fight right here. Uh, okay. Jeremy, back to you. That's hard. Um... Uh, okay, I don't like this at all because I'm out of I'm all out of ideas. I only had one because you said it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to go from 2008 on, right? Yes. Yes. I am going to go. It's probably not on there, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Witcher three. No, I think actually that's a really good one. I do not believe The Witcher 3 is on here. Let me check with Heave Starvey. Heave is The Witcher 3 on Somebody here. Say it? Eh. What yeah. your ass say? Wow. One, X, one wow. X for Jeremy. David, you can take the lead. I can. Um, but will you? Um, I just had it. Assassin's Creed. Was it Odyssey? Uh, that is an... What eh. your ass say? Dang. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna get hard from here. Um, yeah, two to two. I think maybe whoever gets the next one might might have it. That might be here. it. Yeah. There's a, there, there's a lot of big name games left, obviously. So yeah, let's go you're, with. You're just missing them. Let's go with Grand Theft Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto Five is it on there? Yeah. Ding ding. It is on there. I got a ten out of ten. Okay. Um. I know. Fallout New Vegas gets a lot of praise. That that was my guess. Oh, I'm about to say, like, what are you waiting for? Oh, uh, Fallout New Vegas definitely did not get a 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. Jeremy, you can take a commanding lead right here. Gotta think. I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's some little, like, pretentious games on there. But I'm going to actually go bigger, and I'm going to say The Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. I do not believe that is on here. That How is a like big old bird. Oh, hell no. I'm just saying, y'all. Tied up. You need this. You have two X's, so one more I X. Know. Um, 
please just give me whether right or wrong i'm fine with that but I, the horizons forbidden west is that the new one coming out or is that the one that's, that's the already new one out? coming out that's so the, the horizon what's the horizons one that the first horizon zero dawn yeah horizon zero dawn definitely is not Jeremy, you want to try to just roll them off real quick? Um, well, I'll riddle off one more that I'm probably going to get wrong, uh, but that's going to be XCOM 2. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, you guys did okay. You got five out of the 22, which is not a great percentage. I feel like you were afraid to go back to the same franchises. Uh, Zelda is obviously a huge franchise. It had more than one 10 out of 10. Grand Theft Auto 4. Um, I'll just go down the list real quick. Uh, starting in 2008, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriot. Really? Uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. Grand Theft Auto 4, probably you should have got, at least Jeremy should have. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Rip off. (laughs) Red Dead Redemption on Dead Nightmare, so a DLC. Don't know if you guys would have been able to get that. Whatever. Yeah, Uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. You guys would not have got that. Never, never. Um, Here's one though. Uncharted three, Drake's Deception. I feel like Uncharted is something that you might have should have known. Uh, I thought Legend about of, it. Yeah. Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. Mm. No. The Last of Us Remastered, GTA Five, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. What? That game's not even finished. That game's not amazing either. Uh, the Witness <laughs> was on there. Uh, you asked yeah. for a little bit of a small pretentious, pretentious game. game. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Firewatch. Back, I that was possible. Back to too. back pretentious. Uh, Inside. I know it's a good game, but it is. You know, we're not going to really tell you the story. Uh, Breath yeah. of the Wild. Um, Undertale. Another one of those small pretentious games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. You know, there was a big debate that year about Zelda. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Damn. Um, a personal favorite of mine, Indie Spotlight, Celeste, got a 10 out of 10, worth every point. Uh, God of War, I'm surprised you missed this, Jeremy, especially you. Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Yeah, that seems like, that <laughs> seems like the type of... just as much praise about that as I've heard negative comments. Um, we have a VR game on the list. Alex, huh? Half-Life Alex got a 10 out of 10 on IGN. Uh, Persona 5 Royal. Persona 5 didn't get it, but they made the updated version yeah. that got a 10 out of 10. Last of Us Part 2. And their newest 10 out of 10. You know what? I think I actually were missing one. But their newest 10 out of 10 as of this list, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Mm. And I'm actually going to add one because I believe Deathloop got a 10 out of 10 on IGN. Did it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Why isn't this updated now? Anyways, there you go. Wow. Five out of 22. Uh, some of them were quite hard, so I can't blame you for it, but uh, you missed a few easy ones, guys. Yeah, I don't know how I missed Pac-Man Championship. <laughs> you know I wasn't talking about that yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Well, that was Gamerly Groot with Heave that, Harvey. That was that was Gamerly Groot. Thank you very much, Heave Starvey. Uh, thank you very much, Corey. Um no thanks to IGN. Uh, <laughs> that means that we're going to move I on to our. Not. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to our final thoughts. It's when we give one last thought, a point we want to make, it can be related or unrelated to this level, it could be anything. So, who would like to give their final thoughts first? Um, I'll go. 
So I've been wanting to do something with my computer room and I'm tired of having the green screen set up behind me on the sticks and everything. So I thought, why not get the uh, things we have on the wall, the styrofoam wall yeah. you put on the wall? Yeah. Uh, you, you can kind of see it. Like I got I got green ones, so I it also uses it as a green screen. Nice. So I'm going to get nice. rid of the echo, and it's going to be a green screen that's on my wall so I don't lose any space in the room. So I think it's a win-win. You know what that is? Good old ingenuity. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, nice. nice. I'll go next. This feels like it's been a marathon of a level. What are we at? Like two hours? Is anyone yeah. even listening at this point? Oh, uh, yeah. The Kirby game looked really good on the Direct. Not for me, but uh, maybe I said that when we were talking about the Direct six hours ago. I, I'm not even sure at this I, point. I've, so, the memes uh, are exploding about that. Yeah, game. about him swallowing a whole car. and Yeah. It looks really good. The graphics look amazing. Uh, maybe check out Kirby this year. Yeah. There you go. And let me go to bed. I haven't heard let that in, what, sleep. 15 years? I'll go ahead and get my final thought out the way. I'll probably elaborate more on it in an upcoming episode of Games WTF. But, hey, PlayStation, um, you did this whole little thing with your stand for the PlayStation 5, and it's dumb. It's, it's a dumb thing. For me, to, I, I recently laid my PS5 down horizontally because I had it up vertically for most of the time. And the way it hooks in there, for you, it's stupid. You've made game systems before. Be better. <laughs> this is a, this is a dumb design. Um, Horizontal is very stupid. It doesn't doesn't even screw in, right? It just like kind of no. hooks, but it's loose and it's yeah, like, but doesn't it's feel secure. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's like balancing. It has like the little symbols on the back etched in or whatever. the The disc insert is like super low. It's below the hump because they designed this as like a like a wireless router from two thousand and twelve. Like, be better. Maybe the yeah. PS5 Slim will... Jesus Christ, do we need one of those? <laughs> uh, that is it for this level 46 of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. We are everywhere. You can also like and follow the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Thoughts and Players. That is all one word. We are on Twitter. Thoughts Player 2 is the handle. Check us out there. We're on Instagram at thoughts.players. We're also on YouTube, TikTok. You can find us posting videos and short clips there as well. That is it for us. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next level.